Well, he called himself obese, and he made it an incredible decision. My guest today lost 100 pounds, and now guess what? He competes in bodybuilding, but that's only part of his story. This man is so successful in so many ways, and he's got lots of lessons learned, plus a ton of books. This one we're gonna talk about, and the other one too, so stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Okay, Yuri, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Valerie. Thanks for having me here today. This is just going to be such an incredible interview. As you know, I learned a whole lot about you talking to you before the show, but also researching, which I always do. And I don't know where to start except from that. How in the world and why? What was the impetus for you to lose that weight? And I also want you to tell me how it even came on. Um, that's a great question because uh, the motivation was, there was multiple signs that I was not doing well from the health standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, I was so obese that I was having to uh, do some treatments on my knees because it was locking and I was getting injections on my knees to get a better fluid and uh, I was developing early arthritis. That was back in 2010. And uh, the doctor told me, look, we can keep doing those injections, but this is not the solution. You've got to lose weight. You are extremely obese. So we did all the checkups and my cholesterol was horrible. And, and it's interesting that none of that really drove me to the change. What really changed and made me switch completely was in, back in 2011, my uh, youngest daughter, uh, she was born in 2008, and she was a little one running around, and I was trying to catch up with her, play with her, and I just couldn't. I felt tired. Uh, if we were on the floor, for me to just get up, it was like a tremendous effort. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot, you know, be uh, an example for, for her if I cannot be active, basically, right? So that was the click. And I said, I need to change and, and I need to change now. And that's when I uh, reached out to, to Greg McCoy and we met um, in a bodybuilding show. And uh, it was super interesting because Greg is, is a, has a big responsibility on this change. Because when I came to him and said, look, I want to compete in bodybuilding. Now, you can imagine <laughs> I'm on this place where everyone is in great shape and I'm super fat. And, and I say this to him and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So immediately he didn't look at me differently or he didn't hesitate to say, let's do it. He immediately say, let's do it. That's wonderful. Yes. My goodness. And it was such encouragement to me at that point mm. because I'm like, wow, he actually believe I can do it. So <laughs> I got to believe myself into it, right? That's what I was also going to ask you. Did you really think you could do this? I mean, you, how long did you have this weight on your... Um, it was, I started gaining weight when I moved to US in 2003. Okay, from? from I moved from Brazil to mm -hmm. US in 2003, and I was very focused on my career at Microsoft. I wanted 
to succeed. I wanted to grow, get promotions and do things that I always wanted to do because it was a dream to move to US and to work at Microsoft. And you're in cybersecurity. Yes. And I just started uh, working really hard and really have this tunnel vision, which is a horrible thing to do. When you are in this tunnel visual mode and you think that you've got to drop everything else to achieve that goal, there's mm -hmm. a lot of side effects uh, throughout the way, right? Because you stop taking care of your health, you stop taking care of your family, and you just go for Focus. that goal. Do right? you think people fell into that and gained weight during the pandemic? I, I totally think so. Mm -hmm. I totally think that uh, uh, there are two side effects of the, the pandemic is the isolation, the lack of social interaction yep. drove people to create bad habits. Uh, although some people move in a whole different direction, they start to reflect about, okay, now I have more control about my food. Mm. I can cook. I don't need to eat out because my problem was I was working the second shift in the Las Colinas office. Uh, and every time that I left the office, it was around 11 p.m. So what could I find to eat? Only fast food. Fast food. So fast food every day. Yeah. All right. I want to know the journey. We want to know how you did this. So you met Greg, who yeah. has a health, many, well, health studios, bodybuilding. He trains Olympic champions. We've had him on the show. Mm -hmm. How did you even know to get to him? Uh, a common friend of mine that was working at Microsoft that time met him mm. and was training with him and said, hey, I can introduce you to this guy that I think he will make a big difference. And he never questioned you when, never. He, when you came up. The only, ask, the only thing that he asked me was, do you want to do this fast or do you want this in the long term? And I said, let's do a plan for every quarter. For example, this quarter, I want to lose 30 pounds and let's continue to refresh this plan every quarter. Mm -hmm. So I, I was every I was very disciplined since the beginning because I knew that the only way to achieve it was through discipline. So he gave me a, a meal plan that I was falling to the dot. I mean, I was I ate the same thing for one year. I was going to birthday parties with my Tupperware. <laughs> So I was really legitimately focusing on losing that weight. That had to be inspirational to, I would think, the people at, at the birthday party when they saw or that they commitment. Or they call me crazy. Or crazy. <laughs> yeah. So what is that, Yuri? Say, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's my diet. Well, it, it takes discipline. That's one of your teachable points of view you gave me. You said discipline meet, beats motivation. Yeah. And, and I think Greg uh, covered this when he was talking about you because motivation can come and go, right? Mm -hmm. Not every day you're going to be motivated. Some <laughs> days, kidding. Some days you're going to wake up and like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So what's going to drive the result is discipline that you know that you have to do it to stay consistent over time. Because it doesn't matter if you do one thing just one day, two days. If you don't keep consistency over time, you're not going to really achieve something. And mm -hmm. the only way to achieve something is to keep that discipline of executing the same thing over and over. A lot of people, they they don't like routine, but routine is important. Very important. That's discipline, too. Yeah. So one of the things I, I learned about how how we can be motivated is first just looking at our thoughts, because what I learned from a woman named Sherry Yellen is that what we think what we think determines our behaviors and our behaviors determine our actions and our actions determine results. 
So that's why I ask you up front, Yuri, how did you first have that little fire inside of you? Mm-hmm. You you had to have something in that thought, the spark in your daughter, yeah. which which means a lot. Now tell us, I know people are wanting to know and I do too. All right, so you're working out really and truly. What was it like? That's a lot of weight. How long did it take you? Oh, it, it was extremely hard the first three weeks mm-hmm. because if you think about i was very used to eat fast food and probably i cannot even measure how much of calories i was eating a day but probably around five thousand six thousand right in fast food and things like that and we drop my calorie intake for 1800 calories a day so it was huge just like that yeah, boom. like all just of like a that. sudden yes that's okay it had to i had oh. to do this I, I didn't want to go graduate. We want to eat clean, and we did that. But the first three weeks, it was hard. The first two days, I was shaking. I was. It was almost like the drug addicted. I was getting out of drugs. Uh-huh. Same feeling because I was shaking. I was crying, and my wife, I remember, she said, "No, you're done with this. Not gonna do this anymore." I said, "No, I'm gonna do it." I was expecting this problem in the beginning, but I'm gonna stick with the plan, and I did. Uh, but I, because I knew it was Gosh. part of the, the process of getting through that plateau and then start uh, really feeling well. And so it took me a while uh, to feel well. But after the first month, I was, I was enjoying, I was having fun. And, fun? Uh, You're going to say that? Yeah, I, I think when you start to look to the scale and you start to see the results like immediately, because in the first three months I lost 30 pounds. I was like, this is great. It uh, works, yeah. right? So you feel extremely motivated to continue to push yourself and, and keep doing it. So the first 100, that 100 pounds of fat went out on the first year. So the first year uh. we were like 100 pounds. And then I, we established a plan to compete because now I was, I lost 100 pounds, but I didn't have too much muscle. So I That's need to build gonna... muscle, right? So it took me, uh, two years and a half to really get ready for the first show. And the interesting part of the show was I had a goal to compete, right? I had a goal to be on stage and compete. Uh, I went to Pflugerville for this show um, in 2014, and I got last place. Last. That last. I was so happy because my goal was not to win. Remember, it's about okay. having the right goal, attainable goal. Mm. My goal was to participate. So I was not upset. Mm. I accomplished that goal. But as soon as I stepped out of the stage, I said, I want to come back and be on top three. <laughs> so in 2015, I came back and I got second place. And I was like, that's great feeling. Now I want to win. 2016, I came back and I won. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So, audience, I wish you could um, see Yuri because, (laughs) I mean, he is a firm bodybuilding athlete that you would think had been competing all his life. So just think about the inspiration of this man. If he can do that, we can, I can lose maybe 10 pounds, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Okay, now this is kind of an interesting question, but I have to ask. When I lose weight, when I've gained too much, there's some flab there. How do you you get rid of 100 uh, pounds? Yeah, so you do have losing skin, right? I did have this problem, and it took me a really long time to overcome that because 
you have to basically build muscle to fulfill that space. And, and the skin is something that if it is a lot of losing skin, you're going to have to do surgery. There is no way because it's mm -hmm. skin. You have mm -hmm. to get rid of that skin. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that problem having a lot of losing skin, right? Um, so it, it starts to tighten up over the years. Gee. Um, on the first show, I was a little bit even ashamed because the losing skin was there. The next year was getting better and getting better, right? So it was a very progressive approach. And many people say, do you, don't you want to do a surgery? I say, well, I don't feel like, I feel like this is part of me because the worst part was to lose weight. Go to the surgery right now, just for this little detail, I'm not really so sure is a good idea. So oh I just gosh. kept pushing and, and getting better year over year. You got to be patient. Results takes time. It, it, that's why I said consistency is important because mm. if you want to have great results, you're going to have to work over time and uh, for a longer period of time to see those results. You bet. Well, this determination goes back to another question I'd like to ask, and that's coming to the United States. You came here, different country, different language. Did you speak good English no. before <laughs> you didn't? No, I had enough. English to work on my technical field because when you were using technical words and everything. But I remember the first time that I went to, to have a breakfast and the waiters asked me, uh, how do I want your eggs? I was like, wow, I, never, I don't even know how to answer this question. Right? She gave me so many options and I was like, I just want eggs. So I pointed to the menu and said, I want like this. Gosh. And here you are now. Tell us about what you're doing at Microsoft uh, with cybersecurity. That itself is just fascinating. I want to show audience, uh, those of you who are watching, and I'll tell you what it is, those of you who are listening. This is a big, thick book, and it's one of many, many books he's written about cybersecurity. These are all on Amazon, by the way. Cybersecurity Attack and Defense Strategies. I just got them, so they're not tabbed usually. I, my books are tabbed. And then this one, this one I will read right away, <laughs> and uh, but I know what's in it. And it's Ready, Set, Achieve. Uh, a guide to taking charge of your life, creating balance, and achieving your goals. In cybersecurity, what is it you can share with us about what you do now, traveling all over the world, your teams are everywhere, and how your discipline has affected now the work life? Um, I have a team of program managers that they work uh, with cloud security. So as you know, Mm -hmm. We uh, major companies are moving to the cloud. Cloud security uh, is a very important subject because at the same time that clouds enables business to do uh, uh, things faster and even more secure. We already break th those uh, uh, mindset that uh, on-premises and data centers were more secure than the cloud. The cloud has a lot of uh, advantages for companies, but we have to have a, a good secure posture on the workloads that we have in the cloud. So my team works on technologies uh, that enable customers to have a more secure cloud workload. Um, the work that I do is I work with the product team to ensure that the demands uh, from our customers, they are uh, reached by the engineers, by the developers, that we are creating products that are fulfilling those uh, requirements and we are ensuring that their workloads are secure. Uh, so that's an overview about the work. Is is the cloud secure? Is my work secure in the cloud? The the cloud itself <laughs> has a lot of capabilities to keep your workload secure. 
Now, there is a lot of uh, education perspective because most of the attacks that, that they take place, they are still uh, taking advantage of lack of secure posture management. For example, there is a patch that was not updated on your system. You know, every month you have to update your system with new patches uh, for the system. Sometimes the administrator or whoever is managing that cloud workload, they do not update those patches. A threat actor goes and exploits that vulnerability. That's one aspect. And, you know, to think people are sitting somewhere in the world figuring out how to do all this awful stuff, that just sort of is interesting to me. They've got to have great minds, and yet they're using it for ill means. Well, it is a business to them. There is an entire cyber criminal business uh, behind that to take advantage of, uh, of not secure resources. Uh, so it's a, it's a business. Well, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> All right, you are you are a fun-loving guy, I think. What makes you laugh? <sighs> what makes me laugh? Um, primarily, I think uh, uh, my daughters. They yeah. always uh, have something uh, that makes me laugh. I'm always learning with them. <laughs> like, give us an example. Well, my my daughter, my youngest, for example, she plays drums. Uh, she practices uh, jujitsu with me, uh, so we practice together. We go to the gym together, uh, and she always has something uh, uh, funny to say when we are wrestling. Uh, uh, she says, "I'm not going to beat you, uh, the old man." You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's super fun. And and drums is another passion of hers, and she. Uh, been playing since she was five years old. And Do you play drums? I play drums too. And uh, I, I taught her in the beginning, but then I, I put her in the school to proper learning, uh, reading tabs and everything. And nowadays she plays way better than me. Oh and, my uh, it's funny because now she is the one pointing out my mistakes. So it's turning around completely. And there's your wife with two drummers in the house. <laughs> I can't even imagine. My husband uh, was a super good a musician with a saxophone. He oh, had a rock nice. and roll band that was touring and made records and everything. Amazing. He wanted to play drums and his mother said, no, Doug, I don't think so. What's something? <laughs> and, and my, my and, oldest, she sings. Oh, and she sings too. And my oldest. Oh, She's, the oldest sings. Yes, the okay. oldest sings and play guitar. So, it's well, a, Where did all that talent come from? I've been listening to music since I was very young. Uh, and I, I guess uh, it, it was an influence, you know, they growing up uh, listening to music and they they have a much better talent than me when it comes to music, for sure. They were exposed to it. That yeah. makes a difference. What's something no one knows about you? Oh, that's really hard because everything is <laughs> very well documented. <laughs> uh, any any uh Thing that maybe people don't realize really bugs you, frustrates you? Well, I, I truly believe that, um, and this is one of the lessons learned, that uh, your current conditions does not dictate the future. Uh, when I moved to US, I had a lot of uh, reasons to get frustrated and to just you know, let it go and go back to Brazil. Mm. Uh, English was one. It was a, a big challenge, but I was like, I'm in this country. I need to learn the culture. I'm going to uh, learn English and uh, and I'm going to uh, succeed. Uh, so I think that uh, what bothers me is when I see talent people that give up mm. just because some roadblocks, mm. because they're not able to overcome those roadblocks. 
and they start to victimize and think that the system is working against them rather than taking that problem as an opportunity to grow and overcome that and be better, right? So I think that that's one thing that bothers me when I see wasted talent because of a wrong mindset. It goes right back to our thoughts. Yes, exactly, exactly. Was your family a very positive thinking family? Uh, not really, because uh, my father was divorced from my mom when I was four. So I grew mm. up just with my mom and my grandmother, and uh, I didn't really have a father figure. Mm. Uh, my mother was a hard worker. She's still alive, and uh, and she retired and everything, but she was a hard worker. So I think as, as far as working hard, I, I, I had a lot to do with uh, the way that I saw that she was pursuing. Working hard. Yeah. So working hard, you told me just this morning that you get up at four. What's your daily routine? Yeah, right now, the daily routine changed a little bit yesterday because I started my PhD in cybersecurity leadership. So yesterday, the classes started. And uh, when I look the amount of things that I have to write and research, I'm like, I need more time. <laughs> so like, <laughs> let's me wake up a little bit early. I used to wake up at five. That now I'm like, okay, I need one more, one more hour. So I'm waking up at four. I'm studying between four and uh, 5.30. Then I go to the gym. Uh, then I come back, have my breakfast, and then I start my, my work at Microsoft. So, uh, and then I work at the, the whole day at Microsoft and usually at night, I either go to, to my jujitsu class or my judo class. So I, I train twice a day. Okay. Now <laughs> add to that, I know you teach. Yeah. So I teach uh, on the bachelor's degree in cybersecurity for EC Constant University. And uh, it's an online class because the university is in New Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, but it's fully online. So that gives me the flexibility as well to every day, 30 minutes uh, later at night to follow up on the students' assignments, participate in discussion threads and, and give some uh, guidance to the students and everything. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's another thing. Uh, and on the weekend, I focus on writing my books because I currently I'm writing two more books. How many do you have now? Uh, by the end of the year, it'll be 30. Three zero. Yes. Mm -hmm. My little eight sound like nothing. <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, you have to really have a good time management. And I believe that you need to be present when you're doing something. I think that one of the worst things that we have today in society is multitasking. Because when you multitask, mm -hmm. you don't accomplish anything most of the time. And you don't do it with quality. So when I, I'm here, I'm actually here. Right, right I'm here. I'm not trying present, to do multiple right things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's interesting. I've talked on the show many times, Yuri, about the fact that people think multitasking, and I've heard people say, I'm really good at multitasking. <laughs> well, then you're, how good are you at every part of that multitasking? That's not how our brain works. You, I, I will go back to exactly what you shared, uh, saying it a little differently, enjoy the journey rather than focusing on the destination. That's true in everything, isn't it? Yes, you, you really, become something else if you enjoy every little piece. And I learned a lot about that by competing in martial arts. So when I compete in jiu-jitsu or in judo, I, I may not win, but I have to take out something of that loss. I have to learn something. Or even bodybuilding, for example, when I got the last place, a lot of people were like, oh, I feel so sorry. I said, I'm not sorry, I'm happy, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I competed. Yeah, and I became something else. Mm. So think about the journey from obese to on stage. That's a whole uh, uh, years of experience that I gained. I had a different shape. I changed my life. So it's not that five minutes on stage that will dictate my happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the journey. Right. So sometimes people focus a lot on, on the end product, not realizing that what they become is what really is going to make a difference in the long term. That's so wise. That's just so wise. Another wise thing you said, Yuri, was um, be ready to fail and learn from it. Yeah. A lot of people, they are, they are afraid to fail. And by being afraid to fail, they don't even try. Yes. And that's a, a big problem. I was uh, in Israel last week and I was, uh, there is a huge gym at Microsoft campus, beautiful gym. And I was training some uh, friends and uh, some of the friends, they were exercising. I was pushing them a little bit more. And I remember one of these friends, uh, he was shaking his head like this every time that he was doing a rap. And I said, look, you are defeating yourself even before you try. Hmm. This is going to affect your mind and you're not going to be able to do the exercise because you are literally saying, I cannot do that. Uh -huh. So if you go to any type of uh, situation, exercising or a new project that you're doing at work and you start that project saying, I cannot do that, you're probably going to fail. <laughs> but many times this people use this as a, as a, a self-protection. And what I say by that is hmm. they immediately build an excuse for why they're failing. Oh, I was not prepared for that. This was too much for me. So when you go to open heart and say, I'm going to try, and if I fail, I'm going to learn with it. Then it's, you are opening up yourself to a different horizon of experiences, including failing and being criticized. But as long as you take this criticism and you self-improve, then you are, you are going to go through this process that I call continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. Because we are on this process of continuous improvement every day. We are not perfect, right? We need to improve. And to improve, we have to fail. Mm -hmm. If you don't fail, you're not trying. If you're not trying, you're not accomplishing. And the good news is that most of the leaders now that I work with in, uh, whether it's workshops or, or coaching, they are allowing their staff, their teams to fail. Exactly. This is a different leader today. The leaders today have learned that Tell, 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 and, and push, push, push aren't going to work. <laughs> Not anymore. And so this whole new sort of, I'm calling it um, up level or level up leadership is about them, the leaders themselves realizing, look, how do you want people to, how, who do you want to follow? Mm -hmm. Will you be that person you'd want to follow and you'll probably do pretty well. And so being able to say to someone, hey, okay, so you blew it. Don't want it to happen again. Let's talk about how it happened and put boundaries in place. But listen, we all have these issues. So yeah. just move on. We're gonna, it's past, we're gonna move on. And most importantly, what did you learn what did from you learn? that experience? And what you do differently next time to prevent that to happen? Yeah. The day we have, don't make mistakes, I, let me know because I'll be under the grave. <laughs> this is, this is, I can't wait to read this one for sure, Greg, Ready, Set, Achieve. And it is on Amazon as yeah. all his books. All you, have to, <laughs> all you have to do is what I did. Go on Amazon and Google Yuri 
Diogenes, and uh, <clears throat> you'll have so many books you won't know which one to pick. But pick this one for now, because I think that one, this one is going to be very much something all of us can learn for, with, be, learn from, I should say, because you're telling us how to make changes, and that's what we need. You have given us so many things. Would you be willing to allow people to contact you if they have questions or yeah, would absolutely. like a little shoot in the arm? Of yeah. motivation yeah absolutely. and where would that be we'll put it in the banner right now yeah so they can find me on twitter at uh at yuri diogenes or on linkedin uh yuri diogenes as well and you'll be amazed as i was yuri thank you this has been such fun <laughs> did you have fun absolutely was great <laughs> great talk thank you very much oh and i have to say something i just shook hands with him and sometimes someone of his strength will go <laughs> and you have a nice firm but not too hard handshake thank you for that thank Yuri. You. all right i wish you all the best in the thank future thank you i appreciate it thank you very thank much thank you thank you and i want to give you a valerieism for today let me tell you what it is um i chose this one to talk about put one foot in front of the other and take one step at a time that's kind of what we talked about isn't it Here's a lesson I learned many years ago when I was writing probably the hardest book of the eight that I've written. And of course, publishers have deadlines. So the deadline was looming, right? And I was just struggling and I was struggling and I was struggling. And then it hit me, Valerie, if you have a goal from here to here, meaning start the book, end the book, there are all these little steps along the way, but Valerie, you're not taking time to enjoy the journey. You're not taking time to celebrate. Oh, I just finished a paragraph. <laughs> oh, I just finished a page. Oh my goodness, I just finished a chapter. And the difference was this. I took one step at a time, just what I said, and I moved forward step by step, but I learned to celebrate along the way. Chocolate chip cookie, cup of coffee, whatever it is, that's one way to reach your goals. It's a lot more fun. And that's it for today. Listen, I do have some books that are on Amazon too, and I want you to know what they are. Monday Morning Leadership for Women. You will enjoy that because it is a conversation written from two women, a mentor and a mentee. And it was such fun. First, I was the voice of the mentor, and then I was the voice of the mentee. I got to talk to two heads. It was really a lot of fun. And then the book from which my show came, Do It Right, from which now is the podcast, Doing It Right. So take a look, and please, if you've enjoyed this segment, it means a great deal if you will subscribe so you don't miss any other fabulous guests. Hit that red button right now and share this episode. See you later. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.